Welcome back. Week number 11 NFL recap. So good amount to talk about here. We're getting to that point in the season where some teams are starting to fall off and out of playoff contention like the Packers and um, some other storylines are the Vikings frauds. We'll talk about that, but we'll go through every game, talk about some of the main storylines with these teams. Hopefully you guys enjoy the video. Leave in the comments your reaction to this past week, and let's get into it. So this week we'll go in order. I know last week I started with that Bills and Vikings game because that game was just wild, but no games this week were as crazy. Of course, there were a couple really good ones, but not to that level. So on Thursday, the Titans went to Green Bay to play the Packers, and actually, you know, a pretty good matchup. Some Thursday games this year have been just awful, and you can't even watch them. But this was actually entertaining for the most part. It was going back and forth for a while. It was 14-9. The Packers cut it to a five-point game. And then Derrick Henry in the third quarter had a passing touchdown, one of those plays where it looked like a halfback dive, and they leaked out Austin Hooper. He caught a touchdown. So the Packers tried to make a late comeback. Didn't happen, but Christian Watson had two touchdowns, the second-round rookie out of North Dakota State. So he's turning into a real player. I believe he has five touchdowns the past two games. So going forward, whether it's with Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, the Packers seem to have a wide receiver that could be a possible wide receiver one. Watson does have to stay healthy. That's a main part about him. But for the Packers overall, it's disappointing. I mean, I'm always going to be an Aaron Rodgers fan. I was kind of pulling from the past few years because the Giants were terrible. So when it came to playoff time, I was always pulling for the Packers, but that did not work out. And you always figured that when Devonta Adams left, it was going to hurt that team, but not to this type of extent. I mean, I know they're dealing with other stuff. They've had offensive line injuries. They lost Rashawn Gary for the year. Eric Stokes, their second cornerback, is out. So not easy. And for the Titans, I mean, they continue to win. They are in a great spot in that division. The second place team, the Colts, are 4-6-1. and one. The Titans are 7-3, and three, so they can pretty much coast to that division lead. And of course, with Henry and the way that defense has been playing of late, they're a team you don't want to see in the playoffs. I mean, Henry can break off a bunch of huge runs. Last year, Henry wasn't really healthy. He came back off that broken foot his first game in a while, or broken toe, whatever it was. But Derrick Henry was not 100% in that game versus Cincinnati last year. But yeah, it seems like the Packers 2022 is over with. I kind of gave them another shot for this week, and I figured, hey, if they win, they'll go to 5-6. and six. They might still be alive, but no, the Packers are 4-7. and seven. Seems like they're done for this year. Next, we go to the Bears at the Falcons. The Falcons took this one by 3, 27-24. The Falcons improved the 5-6. and six. Bears dropped the 3-8. and eight. Felt like one of those games that the Bears could have had. The Bears actually jumped out to a lead. It was 17-7 Chicago at one point. And then Cordero Patterson, who I think broke the record for most kickoff returns for touchdowns in the NFL career, he took one back to the house, made it a three-point game, and it was kind of just going back and forth at that point. David Montgomery had a touchdown in the fourth quarter to tie it at 24, but the Falcons were able to get in field goal range right around the two-minute warning, and Young-Way Koo made a 53-yarder go-ahead. And then on the ensuing drive, uh, Jalen Hawkins had an interception on Justin Fields, and that was the game. I would say the biggest thing for Bears fans is that Justin Fields had a left shoulder injury. I don't know how bad it is. It doesn't sound like it's that bad, but hopefully with the way he's been playing, he's okay. Wasn't the most fun game for the Falcons, of course, especially offensively. I mean, now Kyle Pitts is out for the year, so... That, of course, is rough to see. He had an MCL sprain, I think it is. So Kyle Pitts coming into the year, you know, was supposed to be one of the best tight ends in football. 
I would say he's been grossly misutilized by the Falcons coaching staff this year. So it's it's a shame, but he's still a very young guy. He's like barely 22 years old. So Kyle Pitts should be fine. Drake London, their first round receiver, had a receiving touchdown. He had one catch for two yards, but he got in the end zone. So the Falcons, they're hanging around. They are five and six now. The Buccaneers are in first place in that division at five and five. So they're right there. But, uh, I would still think Tampa comes away in that division in first place. Next, it was the Panthers at the Ravens, one of the more unwatchable games from this day. The Panthers dropped to 3-8. and eight. The Ravens go to 7-3. and three. I mean, yeah, they won, but you don't feel great about this win. As a Ravens fan, I'm sure they won 13-3. Their offense just did not look good the entire day. And I don't know what their problem is. I know that losing Rashad Bateman was really bad for that team, and they didn't really try to improve their wide receiving core at the deadline, which is a bit puzzling because I do believe the Rashad Bateman injury, it happened in that Thursday night Tampa game. I believe that was before the trade deadline. So I don't know why the Ravens didn't go out and just try to get somebody. I'm sure they could have gotten like, I don't know, Brandon Cooks or something, like just get somebody. So now they're relying on Demarcus Robinson to be their wide receiver one. I know they have Mark Andrews, but it's not an ideal scenario here for the Ravens offense. And Lamar Jackson, after getting off to a great start, he had an awesome week two, an awesome week three. And then since then, Lamar Jackson has not been the same guy. And he's in a contract year, of course, so it's not really the best thing for Lamar. I'm sure he'll still get paid by somebody. But to only score 13 the entire game, not ideal. For the Panthers, of course, they're out of it. They're not good. Baker Mayfield, two interceptions in the fourth quarter. So hate to see my guy, like, play like crap but yeah Baker's career is definitely not going in the right direction but hey Baltimore they are seven and three they are right there towards you know their one game back of the uh, first spot in the AFC of course they're tied record wise with the Dolphins the Titans and now they're a game back of the Chiefs but they're right there so the Ravens although they're kind of been underperforming stats wise I guess they are getting wins. Next, the Browns, they were at the Buffalo Bills. I mean, this game was played in Detroit because of the whole giant-ass snowstorm in Buffalo, so hopefully everyone's okay with that. But yeah, I saw some of the pictures, some of the videos. It was pretty wild out there, so probably not the best idea to play a game in Buffalo. But yeah, so they played in Detroit, and it kind of felt weird. You got fans from both sides in that game, but... And it was weird because Buffalo didn't play their style of game because Buffalo, like... If you know about like Tyler Bass, they don't kick that many field goals. And Tyler Bass made six field goals for Buffalo in this game. The Bills won it 31 to 23. They improved the 7 to 3. They get off that two-game losing streak. But um yeah, Buffalo is not really a team to settle for field goals, but they got six of them. And I think Tyler Bass in fantasy football, at least our format, had 26 points. I've I've been playing fantasy since like 2008. I've never seen a kicker with 26 freaking fantasy points. But anyway, Jacoby Brissett actually had a great day statistically. Two receiving touchdowns for Amari Cooper. Brissett was 28 for 41, 324, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Not a good stats day for Josh Allen. Held under 200 yards, only rushed for seven yards. And also Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I believe had the longest not a long streak, but he had the most receiving yards in the NFL without scoring a touchdown. He finally got it done. It was garbage time. They were down like two possessions, and with 25 seconds left, he scored a two-yard touchdown. So that streak is over for Donovan Peoples-Jones. But yeah, the Browns are 3-7. and seven. They are getting Deshaun Watson back in the next couple weeks here, so that'll be interesting. But I don't think Deshaun Watson will hit the ground running. He hasn't played it in a long time. For Buffalo, they play at Detroit. 
on Thanksgiving. So it actually works out perfectly. They just played there. I'm sure they'll stay there. And they play there on Thursday. So it kind of worked out perfectly. Next game, the Washington Commanders. They were at the Houston Texans. The Commanders get the win 23 to 10. Commanders are over 500. They started the year at 1-4, so they definitely have made a nice comeback here. I'm sure that team could have easily quit, but they're playing hard, so got to give them credit. They're getting Chase Young back, I believe, this week, so that's exciting. Texans fall to 1-8. and eight. So, yeah, so for the Commanders, they did start out 1-4. and four. They won week one. They dropped four straight. But since that point, they've won five out of their last six games. But since that point, they've won five of their past six games. Their one loss was to Minnesota at home. And that was a game where I think they had, like, a 17-7 lead on Minnesota in the fourth quarter. So that easily could have been, like, six straight wins. But, yeah, Washington's playing well. And I would still say the playoffs are still alive for them because you have the Giants who they're a game behind or a game and a half behind now. They have two more games against the Giants and the Giants are now very injury riddled and I definitely am concerned as a Giants fan. So we'll see how that game plays out or those two games play out. But Washington definitely kept their season alive here. Kendall Fuller had a pick six like two minutes into the game. A lot of Joey Sly field goals. Curtis Samuel had a touchdown. And speaking of fantasy football, Damian Pierce, 10 carries, eight yards. Sheesh, hope he didn't play him. Eagles at the Colts, actually a pretty entertaining game. I actually thought it would be close and it kind of went the way I expected it to. The, the Eagles would take a lead late and it would just be a depressing Colts loss. And that's pretty much exactly how it went. So the Eagles improved to 9-1. and one. They win this one 17-16. The Colts dropped to 4-6-1. and one. But the Colts did have a 13-3 lead in the third quarter. I believe there was a missed field goal by the Colts as well. The Eagles didn't get their first touchdown until the fourth quarter. With 13 minutes to go, Jalen Hurts found Quez Watkins for 22 yards. And then, of course, Philly, they had a drive starting on their own 25, and they went all the way down the field. There was a seven-yard rushing touchdown by Jalen Hurts. They put the ball back into Matt Ryan's hands. Matt Ryan got sacked. There was a false start. And then I think it was just a check down to Deion Jackson, and it went for like five yards. And that was the game. So definitely a disappointing loss there for the Colts. They, of course, are pretty much on life support at 4-6-1. And And the Eagles, yeah, they get the win. But I think Philly has, I don't want to say they've been figured out here, but the last two games have not looked very good for Philly. They did play much better in the second half, fourth quarter specifically. They outscored the Colts 14-3 in that fourth quarter. But still... It's a Colts team that's not very good. So if you're an Eagles fan, you'd probably hope they'd win by more. But I guess at the end of the day, a win's a win. Next game. Oh, boy. So huge game here for the Jets. If they won, I believe they would have been in first place in the AFC East. If they lost, they would have been in last place. And of course... The Jets lose on one of the worst ways you can lose a football game, especially for how ugly that game was for the Jets offense. Patriots win 10-3. They improve the 6-4. I don't know how they do it. I just don't think the Patriots are that good, but I guess they're over 500. So with 26 seconds to go, the Jets, they punt the ball. Marcus Jones returned at 84 yards for a touchdown. It was tied 3-3. He returned at 84 yards. The Patriots win 10-3. And as a Giants fan, of course, I'm old enough to remember the Deshaun Jackson Miracle at the Meadowlands Part 2. And it was not similar because the Giants blew like a 31-13 to lead in that game. But like, I guess the circumstances were kind of the same because it's a tie game and big in-division game. Huge playoff implications for the Jets and just they lose on a freaking game winning punt return by the Patriots. The biggest news in this game, because there's not much to talk about, is Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, the former second overall pick two drafts ago, 9 of 22, 77 yards, had four sacks, did have three carries for 26 yards. But um, 
he looks bad. And Zach Wilson in the media after the game took no accountability. I mean, somebody asked Zach Wilson, do you think that the offense let the defense down? And mind you, the Jets' defense held the Patriots, and I know the Patriots' offense is not great, but they held the Patriots' offense to three points for the first 59 minutes and, and 30 seconds of that game. And Zach Wilson says, no, the offense did not let the defense down, which is like... Have some self-awareness, Zach Wilson. So I think Zach's a talented guy. Like if you played flag football or something, Zach Wilson would be great because he's like a great backyard football player, has great arm strength and all that stuff. But Zach Wilson, I just don't know if he's mature enough. I just don't know if he gets the game mentally. We've seen some of these throws he's made, like the Patriots game they played the first time. Zach had some of the worst interceptions you'll ever see. So yeah, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm definitely deeply concerned about the quarterback. I don't know if the Jets will make a switch because I don't really think putting Joe Flacco, I think putting Joe Flacco in gives you the best chance to make the playoffs if that's what it's all about. But Joe Flacco is not going to give you a Super Bowl run. This is not 2013, 2012. Joe Flacco is not going to bring the Jets to a Super Bowl. The thing that matters the most for the Jets is Zach Wilson and how good is he? And so far it looks terrible. So I think the best thing to do is just keep Zach in there because, like, why not? He basically is your future, the guy you took second overall less than two years ago. But if they made the switch, it also wouldn't be shocking because he easily held the team back. He missed Denzel Mims on a wide-open touchdown. He just didn't see him. Just a horrible game for him. Honestly, a pretty horrible season for the most part. But Zach Wilson, I feel like the leash is getting shorter, and he definitely cost the Jets this game. Next, we had the Rams at the Saints. The Saints took this one 27-20. The Rams have lost six of their last seven games. They have not won since week six at home versus the Panthers. Very rough season. Matthew Stafford, another injury, I believe, another concussion for him. So, yeah, I mean, Stafford did have a decent first half. He hit 2-2 Atwell, a former second-round pick, I think he was, for a 62-yard touchdown. He hit Allen Robinson for a 6-yard touchdown. So the Rams actually had the lead at halftime, but the third quarter, Andy Dalton, two touchdown passes. One of them was a 53-yarder to rookie Chris Olave. So Andy Dalton, the guy that I definitely uh, <laughs> talked bad about last week, he kind of shut me up here. He was 21-25, 260 three touchdowns, no interceptions, and Matthew Stafford had a good game. I mean, at least for the time he played. He was 11 of 18, 159, two touchdowns, no picks, so Stafford played well, but the Rams, they still have no running game whatsoever. Cam Akers did see 14 carries, which is actually surprising. For the Saints, Chris Olave, another game over 100 yards. He's special. He was probably, I don't know if he was my favorite receiver. I think he was my favorite receiver this year, so he's been great, but yeah, these teams are going nowhere, and the Rams, they did just win the Super Bowl, so it is what it is. I guess it happens sometimes, but they also can't hit the reset button because of the lack of draft picks, so I don't know what they're going to do. I guess you get Stafford healthy next year, you get Cup healthy next year, try to make any offseason moves you can and, and go from there. The Lions were at the Giants. Giants lose this one 31 to 18. They drop to 7-3. The Lions win their third in a row. They're now 4-6 and six on the year. So they're actually in second place in the NFC North over the Packers, which is just crazy. Jared Goff, I don't think he was anything great, but he was fine. Just a typical game manager game. Daniel Jones, stat-wise, didn't have that bad of a game. Did have two interceptions, so... His streak of no interceptions comes to an end, but Jones did have by far a season-high 341 passing yards. Saquon Barkley had nothing going in this game. Jamal Williams, three rushing touchdowns. He has had five multiple 
rushing touchdown games this year, the most in the NFL. And the main part about this game, main story, is that the Giants had a lot of injuries. The Giants lost their cornerback one, Adoree Jackson. He's out for probably a month. And their cornerback two, Fabian Moreau, had a ribs injury. We'll see how long he's out for. Wandale Robinson, their rookie wide receiver from the second round, tore his ACL. That's a huge loss for the Giants, and the Giants don't have anybody at receiver right now. So a rough day for the Giants. They play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving shorthanded. Might be a long Thanksgiving for me as a Giants fan, but hopefully not. For the Lions, it's kind of exciting. They're getting Jamison Williams back, apparently. I know he's practicing now. I don't know if he'll play on Thursday versus Buffalo, but the Lions are nine-point underdogs for that game. But the Lions do get the Jaguars, the Jets, the Panthers, the Bears. It's like four more winnable games on that schedule. And, like, you know, they play the Packers, too, so... Maybe they can win four or five more games and try to make it interesting. I don't know. But yeah, the Lions definitely got out to a terrible start this year. They were one and six, but now having won three in a row, they're back to four and six. So maybe the Lions make a little second half run here. Next, we have the Raiders at the Broncos, a game that I just did not want to watch, but it was ironically one of the more exciting games of the week. Both teams are now three and seven as the Raiders win in overtime, 22 to 16. On the final play, it was a Devontae Adams 35-yard touchdown. I don't know what the Broncos were doing on defense on that play. I didn't go back and watch it, but Patrick Sertan just got literally crossed up by Devontae Adams. He ran a a beautiful route, got wide open, but even Matt Collins was wide open as well. So I don't know. Nobody was covering the receivers on that final play. So the Raiders win it in overtime. A lot of field goals in this game, I feel like. McManus hit a couple. Daniel Carlson made three. Actually, McManus had three as well. So three field goals for each kicker. Devontae Adams had a 31-yard touchdown in the second quarter. So Adams is definitely getting his stats, but just like his former team, the Packers, not many wins to show for. We found out today that the Broncos released running back Melvin Gordon. I guess that's kind of a surprise, but now they're left with Latavius Murray as like their only running back. I believe Chase Edmonds, who they just traded for, got hurt. But yeah, both these teams, their seasons are over. Over. Um, I think if you're a Broncos fan, it's it's probably time to be concerned about Russell Wilson. It's been time, but I was hoping that maybe the guy's hurt or something, but I just think Russell Wilson just might not be that good anymore. I don't know what it is, but you know, Derek Carr, could this be his last season with the Raiders? Maybe. I think Derek Carr, honestly, we just talked about them. Derek Carr makes a lot of sense for the Jets. I feel like the Jets have the cap space to do it. If the Jets had a quarterback not holding them back, they'd probably have seven or eight wins at least so maybe Derek Carr will be on their radar I have no idea this game was the one I was most excited for this week it was the Cowboys at the Vikings you had the eight and one Vikings hosting the six and three Cowboys the Cowboys were playing well recently same with the Vikings and it seemed like on paper to be a very fun game the Cowboys were two point favorites on the road so you're thinking all right gonna be a good one here but this game at one point was tied three to three and then after that it got ugly. Cowboys won 40-3. to This is the first time in years, I would say over a decade at least, that I'm actually concerned about the Cowboys having the chance to win the Super Bowl, which may sound stupid. Looking back on this in a couple months, hopefully I can laugh at myself for that comment, but you look at the NFC, I mean, it ain't that great. The Eagles are showing a vulnerability. We just saw what happened to the Vikings versus the Cowboys. The Buccaneers are a 500 football team. I guess the Niners are still scary. The Seahawks are a wild card. I don't know. But um, the Cowboys' path to the Super Bowl is not as difficult as it would have been in past years. So I am a bit concerned about that. Huge day for Tony Pollard. He's an absolute stud running back. He'll be a free agent this year, I believe. So he'll get paid a lot, whether it's by Dallas or somebody else. But... 
The guy had 40 fantasy points. He had 80 rushing yards. He also had six catches for a team high 109 yards and two receiving touchdowns. This is a running back. So one of those plays, he got put on a linebacker, ran a wheel route, had a great catch down the sideline. He was running very fast. So Tony Pollard, unbelievable. The pass rush for the Cowboys, also unbelievable. And the Vikings offensive line, unbelievably bad as Kirk Cousins was sacked seven times. And not many of those were on Kirk Cousins. The offensive line like literally gave him no time to throw. Minnesota definitely showed some weaknesses there with the offensive line, but Dallas has an elite pass rush. But yeah, I am concerned that Dallas might actually make the Super Bowl. I don't know if they'll win it, but they are good enough to get there in a weak NFC. They are nine-point favorites over the Giants right now on that Thanksgiving game. That'll probably ruin my Thanksgiving, but hey, at least I can get to watch the Giants. I mean, hopefully that goes well. But yeah, rough showing there for the Vikings. Bengals at Steelers, kind of entertaining. It wasn't that bad. The Bengals improved to 6-4, and four, a 37-30 to 30 victory. So the Steelers, I don't think they've scored 30 in a while, it seems like. They actually have not reached 30 the entire year. So yeah, I stand corrected. So um, ever since Kenny Pickett took over, the offense has not been very good. Not to say it was much better when Mitch Trubisky was there, but it just noticeably got even worse. So the Steelers actually had a lead at one point. They were up 20 to 17. They were also up 24-23. Nice day for Joe Burrow. 355 passing yards, four touchdowns. Did have two interceptions. One of those was I don't know how he's so good at it because it's just so hard to do, but TJ Watt just makes so many insane interceptions where he'll jump at the line and just somehow catch the ball. Like, it, it just makes no sense to have that type of reaction time. It's just crazy. Samaje P. Ryan, he filled in for Joe Mixon, who had a concussion. P. Ryan caught four passes for 52 yards and three touchdowns. T. Higgins had nine catches for 148 yards, definitely stepping up with Jamar Chase out of the lineup. Good news for Steelers fans is that Najee Harris had his best game of the year, 20 carries for 90 yards. So Najee Harris has been dealing with the foot issue the entire year. I would say it was his best game so far. So the Bengals, they hang around. It seems like they'll have a good chance to be a wild card team this year. Maybe they win the North if the Ravens continue to struggle here, but um. You know, the Bengals, they don't really have that Super Bowl hype that they had last year, but you never know. The AFC is definitely better than the NFC right now, but you also look at the talent on that roster, and look, they can make a run. We saw it last year, so I guess it's not impossible. The Steelers, it's weird to see them at 3-7, and seven, but definitely uh, they're entering a rebuilding period maybe. And Mike Tomlin, who has never been under 500 as a coach... This might be the year. Sunday night football. It was a really fun one. The Chiefs improved to eight and two over their division rival Chargers. They won 30 to 27. A last second fourth quarter comeback by the Chiefs offense. So at halftime, the Chargers were up 20 to 13. They had just got back Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but of course, Mike Williams got re-injured. He hurt the same ankle, so that sucked, but they got huge contributions from Josh Palmer, one of their receivers. Palmer had eight catches, 106 yards, two receiving touchdowns. Keenan Allen actually had a season-high 94 receiving yards on five catches, but of course, as the game was on the line, the Chiefs were down by four. They put the ball in the hands of Patrick Mahomes with one minute, 46 seconds to go, 75 yards to 
go downfield, and he got it done. Travis Kelsey caught the go-ahead touchdown, a 17-yarder. Kelsey's unbelievable. I know he's like, he's 33 years old now, but the guy is ridiculous. Kelsey, six catches, 115 yards, three touchdowns. Like, you know the ball's going to him, but they just can't stop it. It's actually crazy. On the Chargers' final drive with about 30 seconds left to try and uh, get in field goal range and make a comeback, it was a young linebacker, Nick Bolton, had an interception. It was a deflection. He caught it on the dive. Um, the play before that, I believe, it was uh, Chris Jones had a sack on Herbert. Chris Jones was amazing in this game for the Kansas City Chiefs. And you can definitely argue the Chiefs are the best team in football right now. They were without Juju Smith-Schuster, their you know, wide receiver one. I think it's fair to call him that if you're not including Travis Kelsey. They lost Kadarius Toney to another hamstring injury. They lost Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to an ankle injury. So they still, without weapons, they still found a way to put up good numbers offensively. They dropped 30 points. The rookie running back out of Rutgers, Isaiah Pacheco, got the start. He had 15 carries for 107 yards, so good to see that. But yeah, it was a really fun game. I thought for a second it was going to go to overtime, but it seems like every time these teams match up, it's always Patrick Mahomes making a play at the end of the game. So the Chargers, they cannot slay the Dragon. Maybe at some point they will, but the Chargers dropped to 5-5. Five and five. Definitely a damaging blow to their playoff hopes. They're still in the hunt, but they're behind all the AFC East teams record-wise. They're behind the Bengals record record-wise. So they got to win some games and they might need some help, but the Chargers are not done yet. Anyway, that'll do it for the video. I hope you guys enjoyed. We'll do this next week. Hopefully you guys enjoy your Thanksgivings and I'll talk to you guys next time.